Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Big show coming up on Footy Talk. The Roosters have apparently won the race for Spencer Lee Gordy. What a surprise, Emma. <laughs> and and is Jerome Luai? Is he a grub or isn't he a grub? Find out coming up very shortly. Welcome to your Monday edition of Footy Talk. Emma Lawrence and Gordon Tallis. Gordy, finally, this week, the footy is back. How pumped are you? Well, I'm really excited. The trials were good. You know, one week of mixed sort of trials. The next week, uh, I really enjoyed it. And now they've had their break. They've sharpened their tools and ready for round one. Let's start with some breaking news. Hot off the press from our very own Michael Chamis has just broken that Spencer Lenu will be leaving the Panthers next season and is set yeah. to join the Roosters. So there was apparently a battle between the Dogs and the Roosters for his signature. So that's Gus up against Nick Politis, both influential men in yeah. their own right, two of the most influential in the game. But it seems the Roosters, Gordy, have won the race. Dare I say, Gus Gould could sell ice to Eskimos. <laughs> so do you reckon it's a money decision? Dare I say, <laughs> what everybody's thinking, the sombrero's back. Yeah, but you, you'd <laughs> no, imagine look, so. I, look, I... I I laugh, you know, like, and last week when the Dominic Young situation mm. come where Newcastle go find this kid, and I think I spoke about it, you know, they go put all the effort in and then you can get someone just to come and grab him. And it doesn't, it just comes down to money. And I saw, you know, um, an article from Buzz, was it yesterday or today, saying that in his calculations mm. that he reckons that they're over, you know. I, I, you know, I just don't want fans to get disheartened and, you know, Penrith lose another play, but that's what happens when you get success. And uh, I like him. He's aggressive. He's a real aggressive player, doesn't he? He comes off and he, mm. and it's like he's always got boxing gloves on and the mouth guard every time he runs on the footy field. So that's a... Uh, it's a great buy for the Roosters, but um, I'm not sure how the fans will think about it. It's a tough one in the sense that they've lost already this season. Appy, Viliami Kikau, Stephen Crichton's going next year. It's just one of those things. That's the price you pay for success. You win back-to-back comms, everyone's value goes up and you, you just can't keep them all, Gordy. Yeah, well, I've got to be careful here because they say, well, that's the salary cap working. Yeah. And then if you look at the Roosters, what, Manu on a million dollars, say Tedesco on a million dollars, and you've got Kiri on over 700, then you go Crichton over 700, and you've got like Sawal, like how many 700, big Jared. Like it's it's a lot of lollies to fill up one bag, and they can go and buy a young Dominic Young when I think a lot of clubs are offering him over 500, and then the Bulldogs um, have a fair bit of money to spend, and they chase him and don't get him, you know. I'm not saying anything. I'm just thinking it's a great buy from the Roosters and I guarantee they got him cheap and he went there to play Roosters football and he's a rooster type of guy. Yeah, okay. Let's, Are you sure you're I not saying anything, Gordon Tallis? It's Tallis? about the culture. <laughs> it's not about the money that goes into my bank account. It's never been about that. <laughs> uh, that sounds like straight Mate, off I'm their comeback. Do you know what? I might, I might get a gig there. To be fair, a lot of those players – they yeah. could, well, the majority of those top boys would be able to get more elsewhere. Where? At another club. The Which ones that ones? are on like, say, seven, eight hundred, all of the, there's plenty that probably could get more. Like think, say, Mitch Moses, like your, your Joseph Manu, James Tedesco, they could probably get another 200 going to another club. I think clubs have offered them that. 
but they're choosing you to stay. You don't think you don't think clubs have offered them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're staying. Why are they staying? Like you know, like the, my point is Newcastle offered Young. I think the Titans might have. Like there's so many clubs that would have offered that young guy. So why is he going to the Roosters? In life, with kids, what I find now, they want the shiniest toy. So you can't say they go there for the culture, do you? I don't know. Because that's just a buzzword that we all use. Dare I say it, you go there for the most money. That's human beings. Like Mm. if you go and you get paid to dig holes, right, for a plumber and that's your Mm. job, and a rival plumber offers you the same money in the same area, in the same competition, and he offers you a better rate, do you take it? Unless you really love the guys that you're working with. That's the only thing. It's normally the guys, the friendships that you've got at that club. I know Dom Young is a bit young and he wouldn't have, you know, uh, the camaraderie because he's obviously come from England. Mm. But that's the only thing that keeps you at a club. In the history that I know, normally guys are so close to the guys there, to the mates that they love playing with. And the rest of it, dare I say it, comes down to the paper, comes down to the bling. There's a lot of that in the eastern suburbs. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of that in Australia, but that's all I'm saying. Like that's like there's an elephant in the room and then they just keep on signing these players and I don't know how. I actually don't know how. And it's a running joke, but I just don't know how they can keep on signing these players and you can't keep on hiding down. Oh, it's a culture and they want to play, you know, roosters football. It's rugby league. It's always been rugby league. Mm. <laughs> Well, it's probably They just not- want to get paid more money to play the same game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the last we'll hear of that. There'll be plenty more signings over the next few years, but I guess from the top end of the scale, the Roosters, who Buzz thinks are, are worth $2 million more than the salary cap, all the way oh, down to yeah, the Yeah, because uh, I wasn't sure on uh, the figure. Yeah, he said $2 million over in his calculations. Well, well listen here, Emma. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's um, about $2 million <laughs> over, I reckon. Emma, you know, I'm not 100% certain on that, (laughs) but it'll be about that. That's quite a good impression. Oh, Buzz. I love Buzz. Buzz I love Buzz too. He's a great man. Um, Okay, all the way down to the other end of the scale with the Dolphins and struggled to, I guess, pick up a marquee player in this first year, but slowly they're starting to get a few wins and particularly it must be so good over their crosstown rivals, the Broncos, in the last three days, Herbie yeah. Farnworth and now Tom Flegger as well. That's a big up yours, Broncos. Uh, well, not really. They're just two guys that have sort of been on the fringes, haven't really nailed down a permanent first-grade spot yet. I really like the way Tommy Flegger plays, you know, the the strawberry blonde, the banana farmer from mm-hmm. uh, up here in North Queensland that um, he's really aggressive and started to find some form last year. So uh, that could be, you know, a bit of potentially a really big loss for Brisbane down the track because I think that, you know, he was, well, he should reach the top of his game in the next couple of years. And Farmer, I haven't really seen a lot of him. So they're two really good signings. And just on Redcliffe, I saw Wayne a few times, you know, out and about because I, uh, the Apricity Finance boys that sponsor us on the Sunday show, he, 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 they sponsor Rugby League up in Central Queensland. The Dolphins have been up there and I and I gave Wayne a bit of credit because the managers try to use the Dolphins to get the price of their players yeah. up. And Wayne didn't fold. He kept the poker face and the Dolphins and they didn't want to overpay for the players. So he knew long-term the Dolphins are a really proud club. They got a great base of junior kids that come through this amazing club for, you know, the last 30, 40, 50 years. So that's what he's banking on, that nursery and – you know, moving forward slowly and making sure that they get the salary cap right. So, 
they're just going to keep on tinkering away. And I asked Wayne, I said, oh, Wayne, I said, mate, what about the players? And he said to me, he goes, Gordon, I've been around long enough. And he puts on the players fall out of love with coaches and coaches fall out of love with players. You know, this is what's probably going to happen just over the next, you know, 12 months that he's there. He'll just try to build a roster that's going to be competitive. And I know that they did miss out on the Harry Grants and, the, you know, Cameron Munster was a big one and then they thought they had him. And I think Melbourne deep down thought that they'd lost him as well, but they didn't quite get that marquee um, player. But, you know, they're going to just keep on chipping away at it. Do you think for Wayne at all, he enjoys it that little bit more when he gets a player across from the Broncos? Or South. Or, or Newcastle, yeah. or the Dragons. <laughs> How many other clubs has he coached? No, I, I, no? I don't think Wayne's like that. I, I, I don't think Wayne, and I'm not sure how Kevy and Wayne's situation is, but when Wayne Bennett pretty much retires, you're going to remember him as a Bronco. Mm. That's my first thought. So, you know, that was a club that I think if Wayne, like then Wayne will probably tell you, but if he ever feels like he was at one club and one club is part of him and, you know, got more DNA would be the Broncos. So is he getting it maybe over the management that let him go that he had to falling out? Maybe, maybe Wayne and his son-in-law's there and Ben Eichen, the one that's got to recruit him. Or maybe that, that's probably a question for Wayne. <laughs> Who knows? Still might have a bit of fight in him, the old dog, eh? Everyone's human, Gordy. Yeah, Everyone, oh, absolutely. Everyone just, even in yeah. that environment. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Footy Talk. Up next, we'll be talking Jerome Luai. <laughs> the Broncos first up have the Panthers, so... This is just a perfect way to get everyone talking and light the fuse <laughs> ahead of this first, their first match of the season. Selwyn Cobbo on that now infamous podcast where he said Kevy couldn't coach, a little bit of audio has been clipped up and it's been recirculated where he called Jerome Luai a grub. Two questions here. Firstly, do you believe Jerome Luai is a grub? And Cobbo, I mean, the loose lips on this podcast. Yeah. What was he thinking? It's strange, right? Because I've had <laughs> dinner with him, right? And seriously, it was like getting blood out of a stone. <laughs> like the conversation. Like it, 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 he's just a really shy Sherberg boy that's really humble. And to a point, it was at a pre-Origin dinner where all these young kids that may have played Origin, it was Billy Slater, myself, I think Darius Boyd came. And then there was all dinners around Queensland for all our good young kids. And I swear, trying to talk to him like, Mate, I can talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles, but I got nothing out of it. And he <laughs> left early, right? Then to hear that podcast, I, I, you know, I feel a bit sorry for him because maybe it's taken out of context, you know, and I don't believe that's his true feelings, mm. right? And he just got relaxed and those podcasts are a bit loose, you know, because they sort of hide behind a name sort of thing, you know, I'm... I'm not big. It's not like this one, Emma Lawrence. Yes. You know, this is the number one podcast yeah. in Australia at the moment. I believe so. Um, Hopefully yeah, it is. Yes. We should and get buzzed grubby, to put that in uh, this column, uh, by the is, way. <laughs> <laughs> is Luai a grub? I believe when Cobbo got knocked out, I thought the actions were a little bit grubby. Yeah, I mean, like when a guy's knocked out and they're injured on the field and you stand over him, and I know Luai probably didn't know how injured he was at the time, but if you just looked at that, and that's your son lying down. And I think Cobbo, you know, taking out of contact, he said he had his family there and he stood mm. over me and all that. And, you know, it was just a – and maybe it was a word that he used that he probably would regret, but 
he said it now and it fires it up for round one and our game is built on rivalry and it's tribal and, you know, it's a new chapter with the Broncos versus Penrith and it should be interesting if Luai puts the bomb up and see if he flies down to try to put a shot on him or not. It's funny That's that good. that was months ago, but it's just the perfect time yeah. journos, just out. anything to just give us something <laughs> so, to talk about throughout the week. So tell me this, those actions when Luai stood over him, what did you think if that's your son laying there? I, I get it. If that's my son, you don't like to see that. And no. I don't know Selwyn personally with what he said. He may have regretted it, but I deal with Jerome a lot being down here in Sydney and I find him to be such an impressive young man. He's yeah. polite, always comes over, goes out of his way to come and say hello to you and ask him. Remember things you spoke about last time. I think he's a Humble, polite, generally nice guy. Yeah, right? I think I, I really like him as a person. But I think he loves yeah. playing the villain. Yeah, and some guys love playing it more than others. We watched Anthony Mundine do it in boxing. Mm. Yeah, we've watched the Mayweather like these guys do it from overseas, and they just love it. I think Jerome Luai, a bit like a Willie Ma- Mason, mm. they love just stirring it up. He just walks out there. He goes, okay. If you want clickbait, I'll give you a story. I'll give you a headline. I'll give you that. With the fans, if you ever get to meet me, you're going to realise that I'm not that guy that Mm. you see out there in the footy field. I play a role. Mm. I play a role in this whole game of entertainment, which is called Rugby League, and I'm happy to play the villain. Instead of the cardboard cutout, yeah, it's going to be a great game and, yeah, cheers to the boys and, you know, it was about completing sets and all that kind of stuff. The cookie cutter stuff, he's certainly not that. Yeah, Uh, you've nailed it there. He actually, I think, enjoys that role and he's himself and you always get something out of him. I know I'll always, after a game, whether I'm working for Triple M, Channel 9, whatever platform, you want to go and get an interview with Jerome because it will be raw and he's not going to give you that cliched stuff. Yeah, we should come up with a list, you know, the uh, the altar boys that played our game, like the accountants, like the yeah. Cam Smith, yeah. and the villains. And which one did you love the most? Who do you think you loved the most? I was a villain. You were, I know. I remember well, well, watching you when I was well, younger. And I didn't want to be a villain because, no, I because like I wanted to field. be liked. <laughs> and then my filter didn't work and, I, and I'm not that... I'm not that worried what I was saying because it's a microphone. I've never been hurt by a microphone. So I'd just say stuff yeah. and then it'd be headlines, you know, then the crowds would get into me and then I didn't mind it because there was atmosphere. So to me, it's white noise. So I didn't care about getting booed. Yeah. I loved it actually. It made me play better. So I wanted the crowd. I wanted the rivalry. I wanted the atmosphere at the game and maybe Louie wants that. Benny Elias was another one. He didn't yeah. care. You know, what he said around origin time of – and there's some guys that just – Mate, Willie Mason, I think, was the best. Like, I just love Willie, you know, because Willie would say stuff that people weren't game enough to say. And he still does. He yeah, love it. He does a few podcasts now and will come out with, um, if there's commentary around an issue. And oh, I think he had a bit of a run in with Reedy, I think, last year. About Ooh, something. Yeah, they were. Wouldn't that be an interesting going battle? Back Match and up. forth on the podcast. That I can't be an remember what the battle? issue was. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's great. He's still, he's a likable character, likes to play yeah. that villain role. And when you meet Willie, he's a lovable guy. He's yeah. just a big, gentle giant that he'll just say what he's got to say. And it's fantastic. And then you get someone like Alf that would never – and Kevy and those nice guys, you know, and then you get these oddball guys pretty much like myself and the Luai's and the Willie Masons and Ly- uh, Benny Lewis. Wally Lewis was one. I don't think that he wanted to. He was just so good that he become the villain for New South yeah. Wales, but he was our hero. So you get those guys, you know. I tell you um, who's a great interview – 
not not saying he's a villain, but just if he's ever anywhere in the vicinity, Toby Rudolph. Yes. He always... He plays the villain. At times he does, yeah, for sure. Look, he just speaks, but he doesn't care. Mm. Like he sort of, no matter what topic it is, it, can't, it might not even be popular, he'll have an opinion mm. on it. I think it's absolutely fantastic to have those people in the game. And there's not enough of them. Get out of the cliches, boys, if you can. Or Gordy's coming for you. Uh, we'll just finish off first well, game. Wouldn't it be good if Jake Travojevich ever said anything controversial <laughs> instead of putting up his thumbs? He's the loveliest <laughs> guy. He finished the game. I'm sitting on the sideline for Fox. He comes over. It's just really nice to get out there and play with some of these guys. I actually looked at him. I just wanted to cuddle him. He's but like, then that can't be him because he goes out there and he smashes everybody and he lays down the lawn. You see this fire in his belly. I wonder if it's all an act with him. Or if that's the true guy, because how can you be that nice and go out there and smash people? No, he... So he can't be two people. I think... So which one is he? The one that not. goes out there and hits really hard and yells at his teammates and lays down the law, or is he that? It's just really nice with the thumbs Why up. Why can't you be both, Gordy? Why can't you be a nice bloke but be really competitive once you get on the field? There you go. He's, he would never say a bad word about anyone. No. <laughs> no. They actually did but a But wouldn't poll. it be good if he did? Wouldn't it be good? We should have odds on that. We should get a betting partner to put odds on <laughs> will Jake ever say someone's not good enough. Yeah, I can't wait to play him this weekend. I wouldn't mind, you know, mixing it with him because that would be as deep as it yeah. got with him. Yeah, uh, you know, I just really don't like the way he plays the yeah. game of rugby league and that would be the worst ledge you could get. They had a poll on one of the social pages last year and everyone had to vote on who the, the sweetest or the nicest <laughs> player in rugby league was. And I think Jake Jaboyevich just won hands down. Cannot, you, it's I don't think 99 can to 1, yeah. right? It's 99 to 1 because they asked him and he said there's a lot of other nice guys out there. <laughs> so, so, so out of the 100 footy players asked, 99 said Jake and then Jake goes, oh, no, I think everybody's really nice. Yeah. We got to get that out of him. All right. That's the goal this year. That's my goal. If on Triple M or whenever we're interviewing him, we've got to get him to say something about nasty player, about yeah. <laughs> something that happened in the game. Let's do it. Okay. Do you reckon we'll get something out of him? Yes. Our award-winning podcast can get something out of Jake Trebojevic. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's the answer I was looking for, Emma. <laughs> so we, pause, we aim high. That pause was powerful <laughs> but awkward at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it was, the pause was for effect. It was a, a oh, Matt Nagel-style promo get, pause. Uh, is her mic working? <laughs> <laughs> All right, to finish off with Gordy, we're allegedly going to go through your top eight, but do you have the top eight for me? Or My we can top just make eight it as it stands, so thank you. So uh, I got this about uh, Ten three weeks ago, ago from our <laughs> marvellous producer, Chicka White, which is like he texted me about 30 seconds ago, but let's go. Um, I'm going to even put them in order, eh? So I think Roosters will finish first. Yep. I think Penrith will finish second. I think Storm and Sharks will make up the top four. No surprises there. Then I think fifth will be South Sydney. So you got the Cowboys sixth, dropping, G? Sixth will be the Broncos. Wow. Seventh will be the Cowboys. And eight will be the Titans. So three Queensland three, teams. Oh, sorry. <laughs> What's that? Five New South Wales teams. <laughs> Why don't you focus? See, your glass half empty, Emma. Right? No, I'm asking... So the Cowboys were third last year. The Cowboys, definitely. And then what I think is with the Cowboys, I think that they're a great organisation and what they've 
like there was no fluke last mm. year in any of their performances, but people know who they are now. So, so like they hunt for you like a little bit. So I think it's going to be tougher. I think Brisbane, Brisbane have improved and what I saw in a trial when they beat the Cowboys. So I think the Titans, I think with Kieran Foran is going to make that much of a difference. I thought that they were close last year to pushing into the, to the eight, but let's be honest, that can all be turned on its head. Mm. So the only certainty that I have there is probably Roosters and Penrith and Storm to play in the finals. You know, all the rest that goes on injuries, you know, if they lose um, a key player at any time. I think the competition is that tight, seriously. And look the way the Tigers beat the beat the Canberra Raiders. So let's just wait till round eight and let's see whether my top eight would be the same. But that there is without a ball kicked in anger. And that's just on their rosters. And this wasn't on the request, I believe, from producer Charlie. But if you had to pick up your premiers, roosters, 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 Penrith yeah, grand yeah, final. I, I, I'm not sure about Penrith. I think Appy Coruscant is going to be a huge loss. I'm going to have to wait about six weeks to get a really good run on Penrith. I watched them play the World Club Challenge, and it was the first game for a lot of those guys. They got to tweak their style, but they've still got so much talent in their organisation. You know, it's just it's just how they you like they were so dominant on that left edge with Kikau. Appy Coruscant was so so devastating through the middle. They brought those big guys on. Like, they've got a big, tough front row, and, you know, he was a big reason. So um, they just got to adapt a little bit around their number nine, but I'm not going to write Penrith off. But I don't know how good they're going to be, whether they're going to be as dominant as what they were last year or the last couple of years. All right. We'll revisit that uh, as the opening few months go on. Gordy, enjoy the week. Enjoy the – what games are you doing between Fox and – Triple I'm on M. the couch with Matty John's first oh, show yeah. on Thursday night. So. Thursday night. So, Thursday, Friday, yeah. So tune in to a brand new year of Matty John's. Do you know what's in store or are you just rocking up? Uh, and no, we'll find it? out. Yeah. A bit like Chicka White. We'll find yeah. out five minutes before <laughs> I sit down on the couch. It's pretty much, I think Chicka must be a silent producer there. So basically, guys, let's just play it by, oh, sit down. Oh, no, there's a game on. Let's go. Off you go. <laughs> and then on Sunday, I think on the M's, we're calling the Dolphins – yeah, the Dolphins. So I think I might get a home game, Emma, which is be, which will be good. So stay up in Queensland on Sunday, and that should be a cracker. That's good. Roos, uh, yeah, I think it's Roosters versus the Dolphins. So a massive challenge for the Dolphins, and uh, in the Arthur Beatson Cup. Yeah, or whatever it is, the Beatson Shield, or whatever. I don't know the name of it, but it's just called the Big Artie. Well, there's a few big games coming up that Triple M will have. So opening with Eels and the Storm, and then the 4 p.m. game. The Roosters and the Dolphins oh, up there. Oh, so God. Lost now you just brought it up. I didn't even have the Eels. The Eels oh. will be in there in my top eight. Eels fans have fallen off the cliff. Oh, how, they got to go get their tattoos up. removed. So are you removing the Titans? No, certainly not. <laughs> oh, God. Right here, leave it with me. Okay. Well, we'll, it's a top nine this year. <laughs> we'll revisit Gordy's top, top nine. nine. And at some stage, <laughs> we'll trim bad. it to a top eight. So, Gordy, mm. thank you, and uh, we'll check yeah, in put the with eels you in. again. Okay, I've got a top nine. <laughs> top oh nine, everybody, so that's what it's going to be. Gordy, the enjoy the nine. week, <laughs> and we'll see everyone next week on uh, your Monday edition of Footy Talk. <laughs>